This is the art of femininity. Today's episode has been sponsored by Aristo, a feminine lifestyle company meaning the best of its kind, noblest, bravest, most virtuous. Aristo merges faith, femininity, fellowship, and fashion through three distinct divisions, the association, the academy, and the atelier. If you would like to learn more about Aristo, please visit www.aristoandco.ca and follow us on Instagram at aristoandco.ca. Let us begin. In the previous podcast episode, we talked about beginning a new era of femininity. In order to begin this new era, we need to lay a strong foundation. That's why today's episode is called Femininity is About Our Foundation. If we're going to understand why this is the case, we need to cover what is a foundation, why it matters, the importance of examining our own, and the only firm foundation that can stand. Once again, we'll be covering what is a foundation, why it matters, the importance of examining our own, and the only firm foundation that can stand. So what is a foundation? Well, I want to start by using the example of a house. What's needed to build one? A secure foundation. While the exterior matters in comparison, it's the foundation, what most people don't see that is of the utmost importance. It's the same with life and our femininity. While our culture largely focuses on the exterior, beauty, work, accomplishments, accolades, it's the soul that's paramount. What lies at the bottom of one's foundation is their belief system. A belief system is a set of beliefs or principles that helps us interpret our everyday reality, understand, organize, and make sense of the world. A belief system is a network of beliefs that each of us hold about what is or should be right and wrong and what is or should be true and false. So why does it matter? Well, our foundation matters for innumerable reasons. To name a few, because we operate out of this both consciously and unconsciously across all aspects of our lives. What we believe heavily influences our values, shaping who we are, how we think, how we respond, what we think we can achieve, how we handle both success and trials, ultimately driving the very course of our life and the person we are and who we are becoming. Our foundation matters because we can focus on what's truly essential, not what the world tells us is of the utmost importance. And having a strong foundation can support us in a new vision to see what opportunities are ahead rather than hanging on to our fears and anxieties about change and what the future may hold. But the most important reason our foundation truly matters is because we will inevitably stand firm or fall depending upon the foundation that's built including the reality of what happens after this life. Because when all else fails, our ability to handle the very real trials and tribulations of life are revealed along with our dependency on more than ourselves and the things of this world. Let me ask you, what do you cling on to when something in life happens unexpectedly? When you lose that job, when your unborn child is at risk or you miscarry, when your health takes a turn for the worst and you never thought it could happen to you, when your marriage ends, when someone close to you passes away, and what do you do when you feel so alone that no one can possibly understand or you feel the people closest to you have maybe let you down? 
That's why our foundation is worth understanding, discussing, and examining. Life is beautiful, yes, but the reality is it's also riddled with heartache and ultimately death, which we all inevitably face. If we don't stop to think about it or even challenge the very things we believe in, our foundation can be formed through a belief system that may not be morally or factually sound, affecting everything about this life and our afterlife. So we must take our foundation very seriously because we can be deceived and led astray without even realizing it. Which leads me to the one and only foundation that can truly stand. If we're going to learn about how femininity is about our foundation, we need to talk about faith as it's central to our belief system. We should do everything we can to discuss such a vital topic no matter how much discomfort we feel, how controversial the topic may be, or how sound we believe our current foundation is. Now, I imagine there are some listeners who hold different belief systems. Some may be Buddhists, Muslim, Hindu, are a part of the New Age movement, you know, the secret, manifestation, or consider themselves to simply be spiritual. And some might not even believe in God, which paradoxically is a belief. So now what do we do? If the world tells us there's multiple gods to choose from, that we can be our own god, or that there's no God at all, how can we know the truth because there's only one truth? It must be said our decision to choose should obviously be based off the truth, not what fits our preferences. For example, our decision in whether or not there is a God and who the one true God is should not be based off what's most convenient to our lifestyle, to our existing family background, or what seems to be working, quote unquote, best for us, or worse, deciding to stay neutral for having no feelings towards it at all. Why? Because if there is a God, that God should take the number one place in our life. In an effort to cut across all varying belief systems, I'm going to discuss three core reasons why Jesus Christ is the one and true God and thus the only foundation that can stand. Reason number one, simply put, the Holy Bible is based off historical eyewitness accounts, scientific and archaeological facts that confirm the Bible's truth. With astounding accuracy, it recounts the past and predicts the future. Reason number two. Now stay with me. What's unique about Jesus is that he doesn't demand perfection from us or ask us to achieve some higher state of living before we can be accepted and allowed into heaven, unlike all other religions where our stance with God and where we end up in eternity is based solely on our track record. First and foremost, Jesus wants a relationship with us. He did not come to the earth to start a religion. In fact, he rebuked the religious people and their dependency on fulfilling the law. Now, the law is good. It was issued by God. It reflected God's goodness, but during that time, the religious people tried to establish their own righteousness through their obedience to the law. Now, that doesn't mean we are to continue living a life of sin. While God is merciful, he is equally righteous, so God wants us to be set free from the bondage of our sin. And because the wages of sin is still death, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus paid the price. That was our price. He willingly offered himself as a sacrifice for the punishment of all sins and evil by dying on the cross and later resurrected from death and gave the free gift of everlasting life to every person who would hear it and accept it. 
For those that believe in heaven, some people think they will end up there because in their estimation, they are good people. Yet Psalm 14 verse 3 says, They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. We have all sinned, according to Romans 3 verse 23, and Jesus said in Luke 18 verse 19, No one is good except God alone. So it's important that we don't have self-righteous delusion by thinking we are good enough and worse trivialize the depth of our own sin or sin itself. We must understand that if righteousness was obtained through the law, then Jesus died for nothing. Ultimately, this scripture found in Galatians 2 verse 21 means we will never be able to abide by the law perfectly. It's impossible for us to meet the standard God demands and exactly why we need Jesus amongst many other reasons. When the Bible says that there is none who does good, it doesn't mean that people are morally incapable of doing anything right. People are capable of doing good things. They can be kind or thoughtful, give generous gifts, and care for the disadvantaged. Even an atheist can be a philanthropist. However, no amount of good deeds can change the fact that all people are sinful by nature and need a savior. And finally, reason number three. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, God is described in the Bible as the only God and the creator of all things. In Ephesians 4 verse 6, we learn that there is one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. To support this, we can also reference Philippians 2 verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, which leads me to John 14, verse 6. Jesus states, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. What Jesus is saying here is that it's the oneness of God that leads to salvation, and that he is the only way to be saved from death, and that no decision is as important as choosing him, and not too many do because they are not willing to follow him, which ultimately leads to destruction. This is what he means by the gate being wide and the road being broad. If we can agree on these three core reasonings and believe by faith that Jesus is God and our savior, then we are assured that this is the only foundation that can stand. So what does the word say about this very foundation I speak of? Well, the word foundation actually occurs 80 times in the Bible. For example, Matthew 7 verses 24 to 27 contains Jesus's famous illustration contrasting two foundations for life. One is lived according to his teaching and the other is not. Those who follow Jesus's teaching are like a wise man who built a house on a rock. And those who don't are like foolish men who built a house on sand. To support this, we see in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11, that for other foundation can no man lay, then that is laid which is in Jesus Christ. Primarily, this verse is saying that our foundation is in Jesus Christ, and without him, we will never be able to stand, and that we should all be founded by his foundation. Having a foundation in Christ enable us to flee what we personally think and feel, and depend solely on what God says. 
It means we can better understand our femininity through the word. And if we choose his way for our life, we can live and become who we were created to be with the ability to withstand anything that comes our way. God never promised our life would be easy, but he did promise we would never be alone. God's promise that I will never leave you nor forsake you is found in multiple books of the Bible in both the Old and New Testament. With this promise, we can be assured that he is always with us. Furthermore, in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. No matter our past, we can always repent and return to God's loving mercy and grace. He loves us and he wants the best for us. So in this moment, I would like to give thanks to God's glorious love and compassion for all of us. In closing, I also want to leave room for those who may still be questioning the validity of Jesus, or for those that feel there's simply not enough evidence to the credibility of the reasons I provided today, or for those that merely want to go deeper in their understanding of who Jesus really is. I encourage you, do your research, ask questions, and challenge the faith. God welcomes us exactly where we are. In an effort to help you do so, I highly recommend checking out Timothy Keller's five-part series on YouTube called Questioning Christianity, a place where non-Christians can process their questions about the Christian faith. Timothy Keller is an American pastor, theologian, and Christian apologist. He's the founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, which has been in existence for over 30 years, and he also hosts the podcast called Gospel in Life, which is my personal favorite. Now, I hope you take the time to seriously reflect on what is the absolute most important area of our lives and the life to come, and ultimately decide, if you haven't already, to choose to have faith in Jesus. People will perish from lack of knowledge or because they chose to reject it. This is explicitly indicated in the word. I have provided as much knowledge as I can to you today. Will you accept it? It's the only firm foundation that can stand and the very reason femininity is about our foundation, which we now know is God. Thank you for listening to today's episode on the art of femininity. If you'd like to rate or review the podcast, please do so now and be sure to stay tuned for the following episodes. If you'd like to connect, follow me on Instagram at mlle.angelinecarey and at aristoandco.ca and on TikTok at The Art of Femininity.